Welcome back to Borderline, my friends. The mystical musings of a mentally ill magician. A housebound one. We'll get into that in a second. I am your host, podcasting's Danny Buckler. If you're listening to the audio version, God bless your sweetheart. Do tell your friends. If you're listening to the, um, or watching, in fact, the YouTube version, hit subscribe, hit like, hit the bell to let you know when a new videos are coming. Now, this borderline is going to be slightly different to the others. Why, you ask? I'll tell you. Finally, after two years, after two years of dodging this thing like I'm in the Matrix, I have finally tested positive for the pox that blights our nation. The COVID-19 has finally got me. I say got me. I mean, I've, I've got it. You know, it hasn't. I, I am fine. Look at me. I'm sitting here. I'm copus mentis. I'm a little bit weak and weary. I've been through the worst of it now. Um, I'm just weak a little bit, you know, the lungs feel like they've had a cheese grater set to them. Uh, but apart from that, uh, you know, still some difficulty you know, lifting a heavy bag. But, um, but you know, I'm all right, mate. Other people had it worse. But I am housebound. I'm still testing positive, which means I can't leave, which means that nothing much has happened this week. So what I've done is to escape this irksome confinement. When you can't go out, my friends, journey within. What I've done is... Got on the Instagram. Now, Borderline's got an Instagram account, in case you didn't know. Um, and if you didn't, aren't following it, why the bloody hell not? Why would you not enhance your Instagram experience with a bit of buckles in your inbox? So, um, <laughs> that sounded wrong. So, <laughs> nobody wants buckles in their inbox. Oh, I walk the earth alone. It's the way of the masterless samurai, the ronin. But I've got an Instagram account for this uh, podcast. It's Borderline with Danny Buckler. And you can interact with me on it. And this is my first attempt at that. I put a little thing up. Um, what would you like me to talk about? What would you want to hear? Any questions? For, anything, you know, you want to discuss? And I've got responses. And I'll be responding to them. Let's see how this goes. Quick sip of the old brew. Quick check to make sure I'm recording. Because for the last 15 minutes I haven't been. Yeah, I'm actually recording it this time. Thank God for that. So, to the questions from the Insta fans. <laughs> the Insta fans. <laughs> Listen to him, the arrogance. The Insta questions from my mates on Instagram. Let's have a look. And uh, yeah, it's that. Or we'll just tell you about COVID nineteen. You don't worry about COVID nineteen. Nobody wants to hear stories about me rolling around in bed sweating. First question from Professor Dan Slater. Thank you, Dan. I would love to see more of the ventriloquist in the Batman films. Oh, good call. Yet they are, yet they stick with the same dot, dot, dot. I'm assuming he means villains as a second part of this. Yes. So what are your thoughts on the character? And would you like to see him in his own Batman film? So the ventriloquist is one of the sort of more obscure, slightly more obscure villains in Batman's rogues gallery in that like so you don't have to be a Batman fan to know who the Joker Catwoman the Penguin and the Riddler are and and Two-Face you know Two-Face is still the one that I find myself having to explain to people but a lot of people know Two-Face is now but then there's this other there's the rest of the pantheon that you've got to be into the Batman to kind of know about and Batman's got one of the richest rogues galleries in comic book dumb. He truly has. And, and they run up the entire spectrum from street level criminals to beings from other dimensions. And, and 
depending on the writer and the, the context, they make sense. And that's the they make sense depending on the context. So, for example, if the context is Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, uber stripped down, very, very hyper real, very kind of clear lines and very clean, very much set in this world stories, you're not going to get the man bat flying around, a half bat, half man mutant creature. You're not going to get Killer Croc rising from the sewer. You're not going to get Poison Ivy enchanting plants to do her bidding, you know. But you might get those characters showing In fact, indeed, you do get those characters showing up in the Snyderverse. Because that's a different universe and he's, he's got a different vision. And, you know, in the Snyderverse, Batman can meet Superman. He can meet Wonder Woman. We can have Atlanteans and we can have cosmic battles going on. We get to see Batman in space. I never like seeing Batman in space, by the way. It's a little peeve of mine but I just don't it just, Batman looks wrong on a spaceship I've only recently gotten interested in the Justice League stories for that very reason because I never liked seeing the bat at the controls of a ship heading to Mars you know I wanted to see him behind the wheel of the Batmobile dealing with street level stuff anyway so that's why but the films do tend to cycle through the same villains Joker Catwoman Riddler Penguin Joker Catwoman Riddler Penguin um so we've not seen an awful lot of them. And the ventriloquist uh, falls into the... Uh, we've not seen much of him, Bracket. He has appeared in the animated series, uh, which I used to love. God, that animated series from the 90s. How are we doing for time? One question, I'm eight minutes in. Batman, the animated series from the 90s, was um, is arguably your best Batman. In fact, a lot of people consider it to be the best. Kevin Conroy, the voice of the Batman. Mark Hamill, the voice of the Joker. Superb performances across the board. Great stories for what is ostensibly a children's cartoon. But you can watch it as an adult and get a lot out of it. And I have. Um, and he appears in that. I think he's in about five stories, in fact. The ventriloquist is Arnold Wesker. Um, a man who, following a childhood... Uh, battle with schizophrenia very bad schizophrenia and ptsd um his personality split and his alternative personality he places into a puppet scarface and scarface is essentially a gangster so arnold wesker is like a a sort of portly calm invisible man and scarface is a vicious nasty gangster but he's a vent doll he gives the orders he does the crimes and then wesker's behind him it's a fascinating character actually um, that I think would work very, very well in this new Bat universe we've got. Um, the new Batman, the Batman universe, the Robin Patterson films, which I, God, I loved it. There's a whole episode about that a few back. Go and have a look. Um, because in that universe, like the Penguin has been super realised superbly in that universe. And, and the Riddler was reimagined as a serial killer. Uh, based on, uh, I believe, the um, the Zodiac in many ways, and also uh, elements of Seven, the, the film Seven, the idea of the leaving of the clues and the way it was filmed and shot. Brilliant. That's how you do the Riddler in that universe. That's how the Riddler fits in. You know, true to the character, he's, he's doing crimes, he's leaving riddles, he wants to lead you down a trail, he wants you to follow him, you know, but he's... Um, not going to make it easy. And, and, and that actually quite terrifying. Paul Dano's superb work. I can see a version of the ventriloquist in that universe that is utterly terrifying. I can see a version of the ventriloquist. You know, imagine you can imagine a man sitting there while his puppet holds court and everyone's scared of the puppet. 
Can you imagine a gnarled up looking terrifying vent doll in a gangster suit? You know, like a, a puppet of Pacino Scarface, maybe even just giving it out while this kind of this uh, the guy working, the operator in the working sits behind him like a blank face, just staring off into space, completely detached. You know, I mean, that's quite a scary image that I think would work in these new films. You know, because these, film, these new films are hyper-real, but he could be a hyper-real villain. You know. So one of the things about the Batman, I would like to have seen... I love the Batman, but I would like to have seen the Ben Affleck film that was originally touted, because that would have been set in the Snyderverse. I would like to have seen Affleck's Batman get a solo Bat film. Because in the Snyderverse, we have the more obscure villains. We have odd ones, like King Shark, this... Half-man, half-shark monster and Killer Croc appears in the Snyderverse and the other weird members of the Suicide Squad, Polka Dot Man, whatever. <laughs> you know? So we could have got some very interesting bat villainy going on there. I believe the, the Affleck Batman film, the script he wrote, where the villain was going to be Deathstroke, which I'd like to have seen Batman go against, you know, a trained mercenary and actually, you could actually potentially take him in a fist fight. You know, that would have been quite interesting to see, but... Alas, now firmly in the uh, the vault with the Batman films that never were, right next to Orson Welles, the Batman, which is going to get an episode one day because that's a fascinating story. So yes, I would like to see the ventriloquist in the new Batman films. Yes, I think he would work. And I would actually like to see him played by... I know a ventriloquist. I know a few ventriloquists, but there's one called Max Fulham who is brilliant, he's brilliant, uh, he is brilliant, check him out man, YouTube, TikTok, he's much better at the social, like he means me to plug him on the social media, he gets like 60, 70,000 hits, I get like three, but <laughs> there you go, shared universe, um, in the Bucklerverse, there's a character called Max Fulham, and he's a, he is, I mean, technically, and, and, and he's a superb ventriloquist. But the reason I would see, could see him playing the role is he's got this wonderful, warm, kind, babyish face. That sounds like an insult. He's a very good looking lad, but he's got a lovely, warm, kind face and a very pleasant, you know, he's just a lovely, lovely lad. But the thought of that face, you see, that's the thing. I would like the, the most warm, kind looking ventriloquist behind the most vicious and nasty puppet you know so the puppet's terrifying but the ventriloquist is actually someone that you adore and um that juxtaposition to me would be quite interesting and he could pull it off as well because he's got acting chops he could actually he could actually do scarface he could do the give it a voice and give it an attitude and he can and he's one of those ventriloquists that can actually create that sense of detachment from the pup like the puppets have got nothing you know, like you don't you don't see much of him in the puppets he creates fully realized characters um i do a lot of ventriloquists but he's a particularly gifted one i would love and because of his look and his talent i would love to see him play the ventriloquist in a future batman production i think he'd actually be quite brilliant edit that's my thoughts on the ventriloquist and that's eating up literally nearly half the podcast christ right so moving swiftly along Let's get another question in. Lunar Landscape simply asks me about the Baltic. Thank you, Lunar Landscape. Regular borderline listener, Lunar Landscape is. So, the Baltic is where I've just been. And the reason she's asking it is, she's probably because she follows the uh, Instagram feed, as you should. Um, 
I made a huge error in judgment. I went to work in the, uh, I had a cruise ship job recently, just before I went down with the vid. And um, it was in the, uh, I thought it was in the Baltic Sea. And uh, because it originally it was. And um, when I got my advice, uh, signed the contract, we were going to the Baltic Sea. But when I signed the contract, Russia hadn't started in on the Ukraine. And everything was different. The world was a very different place. So unbeknownst to me, it shifted to Iceland. And because I didn't check, I don't check, I just see what I'm flying out on that day, I'm coming back on that day, that's me. And I like the bit in the middle to be a magical mystery tour now, because I like to keep it interesting. I don't know, not, not know where I'm going, it's quite exciting. But I say to my housemate, um, who's also a regular traveller, what, what would the weather be like in the Baltic this, this time of year? I'm packing to go away. And he says to me, oh, blazingly hot, just like it is round here, just like the Mediterranean. Was it shite? It was absolutely freezing. It was like four below. And I show up, don't I? Oh, yeah. In these Arctic conditions with my case that I've packed. Full of nothing but linen trousers, shirts and T-shirts. Not even a cardigan. Not even a cardigan. My only source of warmth, the hoodie I arrived in. Everything else was made for the summer. I've had a week of... No wonder I caught bloody COVID. I've had a week freezing my arse off. No wonder my, my, the two years, my, for two years, my bloody, what's the word for it? Immune system has been unassailable. My immune system has been a complete barrier to this bastard. It hasn't managed to get a foothold. I've been in situations when I should have caught COVID and I didn't. I've been in rooms with people not two feet away from me who've had it, didn't catch it. Been on stage with singers that had it singing in my face, didn't catch it. A week in Iceland, freezing my ass off. My immune system thus compromised. I get off the ship, get home one day later, or whatever it was. No, about a week later. Bang. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, yeah, so I, that was the Baltic. I froze. Not on stage, my friends. But yeah, it was a very cold time, but beautiful ship. Oh, gorgeous. The most luxurious ship at sea. I was officially the most luxurious ship. At, the top one, the biggie. The one that I do, I, I thank, thank, thank you, I get to go on there. Oh, imagine the opulence. I can every time I look at my own bedroom. Oh, why am I living like this? Well, I could be living like that. Mm. And I made an absolute, I was working with some brilliant people, some people that I haven't worked with before. Uh, Tabitha and Adam, they do a music act that is... Um, Oh, me saying it's a music act is like, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. The, the, the two of them are multi-instrumentalists. They have loop pedals and tech that I don't understand, but they create this effect, this this incredible happening. I don't even know, how to, I've never seen anything like it. It's a complete universe that they build on stage and then invite you to join them in it. And that's the best compliment I can give to anyone. And... Um, it was just an incredible show. They've got loop pedals and God knows what else. They've got graphics and things going on. They, they, they transform the entire theatre, not just the stage, the entire theatre. You feel like you've walked into a, a kind of a, a Cirque du Soleil event in musical terms. And they're both technical virtuosos. They write their own stuff too. So there's, there is covers, but there's also original stuff in there. Adam is one of the funniest men on the planet. He's riffing off the audience. Tabitha sings like an angel. An incredible show, and I embarrassed myself. Oh, we were having dinner one night. Oh, God, Pratt alert. 
We're just discussing places we've played. You know, various venues. And I was talking about one of my favourite venues in the world. I won't tell you where it is, but it's my, it is my favourite room. And I'm going back there, hopefully, in a couple of weeks. Provided, you know... It's presuming that this vid only lasts as long as it lasts. And uh, and I was just... I went off into one. I was... Because of the bloody... Because of the condition. Because of the the wiring. The faulty buckles wiring that birthed this podcast. The reason that I do this. I was spiralling off. I was off on one of my, like, you know... Essentially a trip. Without any drugs involved. Just what my brain does. I drift away. And I was... The memories of that particular venue. And I said the words. I said the words. Yeah, man. I've done miracles in that room. I'm that prat. Oh, God. Normally, I'm talking myself down. Normally, all you get out of me is, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure. I did a show and it was all right. I didn't, you know. All I ever do is talk myself down. It's the biggest failing of me. It's the biggest curse of this bloody thing I've got that it will not let me see good things. It will edit them out of reality. And then when it doesn't do that, I, I, I you know, I have to fight it. To, to My life is pretty good. And I have to fight this thing to actually see that. It creates a, a false filter on reality. But sometimes when it opens up and I'll say something stupid like that. Oh, I've done miracles in that room. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I, when people say that to them, oh, yeah, I'm a genius, me. I don't like it. When people do it on Facebook as well or Instagram, like you get comedians. Um, there's one in particular who literally thinks he caused covid via a script that he wrote but with his god mind oh get over yourself but um do you know what i mean do your set and go home but i'm a genius i'm a total genius and i never think of myself in those terms but i had a brief moment of yeah i've done miracles in that room <laughs> and i did it to the wrong man because adam trucks no bullshit <laughs> do you know what i cut the that was me just like there you go mate I've just loaded a gun with relentless piss-taking bullets. Have that. And I deserve every second of it. And he rose to the occasion. Absolutely brilliant guy. I love people like that. You know, they're kind of just genuine. Genuinely, brilliantly talented. Genuinely a spark of genius there. But also genuinely humble. Not ones to tout their own horns. Not ones to think to say things like, I've done miracles in that room. <laughs> Just brilliant people. And a great time was had by all in the Baltic. Byron Johnston wants to know, what's the greatest comic book ever? Oh, mate, you've opened a can of worms there. This could be an entire, like, six, seven hour episode on its own. What's the greatest comic book ever? What's, what's the greatest painting ever? You know, what's the greatest film ever? Jaws. But what's the, you know, what's the greatest anything ever? I don't know. I, you know this is all, obviously, this comes down to personal opinion, does it not? Um, I've got my favourites and, and I fluctuate. I do this all the time. The, the only thing I don't fluctuate on is my favourite film, which is always, but has been and always will be Jaws. That is a fixed point in the universe. Um, that will never change. That will never, no matter what the experiment, no matter how long, many decades go by, Jaws is the single greatest film of all time. Oh, I'm even sipping tea from my Jaws mug today, I've just noticed. There you go. Synchronicity. A little magic, maybe. 
But um, hang on. But my greatest comic book of all time, because of the way my brain works and the fluctuations of it, that changes depending on the time of day you ask me. If you ask me something and then ask me the same question 10 minutes later, you'll get a different answer because that's just, and I just accept this now. This is how my brain is. I, I, I'd, I've got mates that are very clear in their ideas, very clear in their tastes, and they know what they like, know what they don't like, and they're very definite. I'm not. It just changes. I've got a condition, mate. It just, it's constantly shifting like sand. You know, hence the name of this podcast. Um, so, um, but the ones that arise consistently, my own, the one I reckon, uh, the one I don't, I say I recommend it the most, the one I recommend the most to people that I think will get it, and there's, that's not too many of them, but is Grant Morrison's The Invisibles stands up. I mean, it's decades old now, but it stands up. That was a seminal comic book of my, uh, my distant youth and remains a seminal comic book now in my dotage. It's, um, and it's a life changer, potentially, if you're open to what it's about. Um, on the surface, it's about a group of, uh, heroic terrorists who are doing battle with, uh, a race of interdimensional beings that wish to enslave humanity. Um, it's essentially the Matrix. In fact, the Matrix did rip it off. That's no secret. Google that story. Uh, Grant Morrison was ripped off quite badly by the Wachowski brothers um, on that particular issue and I believe prevailed. Um, it's not like a rumour, like, have you heard? Maybe, I don't know. Well, it's, mo it's open to interpretation. No, it was definite and it was decided he was ripped off. But that said... Unlike them, it's not whereas with the Matrix, it's to do with uh, us all being in a simulation with the Invisibles. There's elements of that, but it's more about this group of heroes do battle with this group of villains via the techniques of magic, chaos magic, basically, and other stuff. But it's basically a chaos magic book. It's 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 the I mean it's incredible. It's dense. It's profound. It's a cracking story. It's and it's Grant Morrison's philosophical ideas from that point in his life all condensed into this incredible tome. I mean, it's, it's up there with Lord of the Rings. My belief is it will be regarded as such in the future. It's still only about, I don't know how old it is now, the 90s. Christ, that's scary, isn't it? Getting on for, must be getting on for 30 years old. But I give it time, you know, the way we talk about the Lord of the Rings now, that's how they'll talk about the Invisibles in 60 years' time. So that's uh, a cracker. But you ask me that question tomorrow, I'll give you something else, you know. The Killing Joke, I was talking about that last week. The greatest Joker story of all time, most certainly written by Morrison's biggest rival, Mr. Alan Moore. Um, is rival the right word? I don't see them as competing. I know they don't get on. We all, I spoke about that on the last episode, the sort of comic, briefly, the comic book wars between Morrison and Moore. But um, I don't think rival's the right word somehow. That seems a little bit not right. Yeah, so many contenders for the greatest comic book of all time. It tends to be the one I'm reading. But um, yes, what's next? Pedros72 asks, Do you have such a thing as a daily routine given all the stuff you've learned over the years? 
Yes, I do. Right. I do. Um, and it varies depending on where I am in the world and what I'm doing. But the one thing that's non-negotiable is, I'm assuming by daily routine you mean what I do to kind of, what my practice is at the moment, what I'm doing to sort of maintain the flow and uh, tune in to what is. Because um, that's the key to everything. I always come back to that. The one key to everything is to tune in to what is. I'm going to do videos about this on my YouTube channel, actually, about going into more detail about how you actually do this. Because um, if I don't do it, it's a mess. I'm assuming that's what you mean, as opposed to, I rise at seven. I've made my way to the veranda and uh, overlook my portfolio of investments to see what's trending and what isn't. Then some some light exercise before taking my breakfast in Covent Garden. I mean, I'm assuming you're meaning what I think you're meaning. So um, I wish that was my daily routine. Can you imagine? Oh, a portfolio of investments, <laughs> all sorts of different things, making money as far as the eye can see. No, I, the one thing that's non-negotiable is I have to tune into it. What do I mean by that? I mean it, this, what's happening now, the which of which there is no witcher, the, the formless nothingness that out of which everything arises, the source of it all, the silence between the notes. There's no way to describe it because it can't be described because it is the context in which objects appear. But, but if you can relax into it, things go much smoother, especially if you're like me and have got a brain that's leaky. If I don't tune into what is, then the circus takes over. Thoughts, beliefs, interpretations, illusions, fantasy takes over, and then I'm lost. Then the day's a wreck. You know, it, it, the day is what it is. It's me in reaction, and it's me, you know, and that's no good. You don't want to be in reaction all the time. You want to be with it, responding appropriately. When you're with it, you respond appropriately. Um... And some people are in that state permanently, apparently, and good luck to them. But I still need to tune in. So that's what I do. I tune in. I sit. I, uh, it's non-negotiable. I do an hour um, of just sitting. I will do some instructional stuff on YouTube, actually, because a lot of people ask me about this. There's so many methods that I've studied, so many things I've done, but it all comes down to now just this, just looking at this, what's actually happening and sitting quietly with it observing watching what's arising but more importantly watching where it's arising from if i'm making sense so rather than just this is not like what you'll get out of a bloody cosmo article on mindfulness this is hardcore mate um so you tune into the thought. You just, I just sit and I watch the thoughts. They arise, they pass away. They arise, they pass away. Everything arises and passes away. Nothing is permanent. No object, no relationship, nothing. All of it arises and passes away in its own time. So you, I observe this actually happening. and uh, But then I try and tune into, as I'm watching these thoughts arise, because you don't choose your thoughts. They arise out of it, out of the nervous system. And you can't see the nervous system because you are the nervous system. So it appears that these thoughts are arising out of silence. And then I kind of tune into that silence and sit in that. And then I'm here. And when you're here, you can do things. You can do. In order to do, you must first be. You can't do if you're, you know, in order to do, you have to be. 
first. Otherwise, you're not doing. You're reacting. You're in, you're reacting to the ghosts in the machine. So that's a definite thing every day. In terms of daily routine, first thing, out of bed, pint of water, sit and just be with it. If I'm particularly agitated, I might apply a more stringent method to calm the mind. Um, again, I'll be, I can do some instructional videos if you would like on the YouTube. Let me know in the comments. And uh, But yeah, that's, the one, that's non-negotiable. And other stuff, depending on what I'm doing, where I'm at, if I need to clear out some garbage, I might do a little banishing thing. <coughs> Pardon me. If I'm fighting the vid. I might do something else. But I'm going to do a little video about that, I think, as a separate thing for the YouTube channel about what I did to kind of during that little brief two days of of sweat <laughs> and suffering. <laughs> oh, God, it was horrible. Um, and yeah, and then once the hour's up, whatever happens next happens next. I try and follow the muse now. I, I, I've tried to make, always when I make plans, I fail because of the way my brain is. If I make a plan, the next day my brain has switched and I, that plan is useless. Another plan, brain switches, another plan. Then a month's gone by and none of the, there's 30 different plans started and none of them have ever panned out because I, my brain's constantly doing this thing that it does. But um, when I get into uh, it, when I'm with it, then... Um, things flow and stuff actually appears like actual podcasts actual content gets made in actuality actual material gets written and performed you know so uh yeah that's my daily that's my daily routine uh shifts and changes but that's the non-negotiable is tuning into it does that make sense have i just lost loads of people i have no idea how are we doing for time Oh, 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 we're on time. Three questions and that that's thats your borderline. So there you go. My first Q&A borderline. Uh, I've got more questions here that I didn't get to, but don't you panic. I'll do another one of these. I'll save them. Don't you worry. Um, thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for being you. Um, see you next week. And... Uh, Yes, follow the Instagram page, by the way, and I'll do more Q&A ones in the future. You can get involved. Why not? See you next time on The Borderline.